I was doing this for you know, several hours every day for six months before anybody even started paying attention. I had taken 1,600 portraits. I think maybe 2,400 to my website a day. And I think the lesson is there that if you truly want to be a photographer or anything, I mean anything today, that there's so much competition out there because the Internet has provided a way for everybody to express themselves that you really, really have to not focus on getting attention at first. You have to focus on trusting that what you're doing is beautiful and doing a lot of it and really proving yourself before you expect anyone to pay attention. That was none other than Brandon Stanton of the Humans of New York blog on his origins. Yeah, we're in for a treat, y'all. Hi there, Canon friends. Welcome to the EOS Photographer Podcast. If you are learning photography using your Canon gear, you're in the right place. Here, we speak with great photographers and extract practical lessons for you. From Rebels to 5Ds, the gear you own is the gear we'll feature. Now, here's your host, Linford Morton. Hey there, welcome again to the EOS Photographer Podcast. My name's Linford Morton, but of course, you can call me Lynn. And today, we have another great bonus archive episode. Now, these archive episodes unearth some of my favorite conversations from back in the Shutterbug Life era. But today's conversation actually goes back further than that. This interview goes back to 2011 when I did free photo webinars for our meetup group in Washington, D.C. This is Brandon Stanton before he was as uber famous as he is today. And the cool thing is, even though we go so far back, there's still a lot of good stuff in this interview that's relevant today. So I thought it was worth a revisit. After the interview, I'll have another segment called My Takeaways. Then I'll have a segment called Your Turn, when I pose a question and a photo challenge for you to share with us in our Facebook group. All right, let's get started. Before there was a New York Times best-selling book, before there were more than 20 million followers on social media, before he launched a campaign that raised $1 million for Brooklyn School, Brandon Stanton was just a blogger with a quirky goal. He wanted to photograph 10,000 New Yorkers and create a visual census of the city. And that's when we found him. I stumbled on Humans of New York in 2011 and had a crazy idea that we should invite him to one of our free photo webinars. See, back then, we would ask photographers to share their work in our webinars and answer questions from members of our community. Honestly, I didn't think I'd hear from him, so I was a little bit geeked out when he wrote right back and agreed. In all, we spent about one and a half hours on that webinar, and Brandon answered questions patiently and shared his philosophy on so many parts of his work. Brandon's interview was one of my favorites from back then, in the webinar days. I trimmed the conversation down a bit because you didn't need to hear everything, but I wanted to leave most of it intact because I know you'll want to hear the guts of the interview. So, for another bonus archive, 
Here is our conversation with Brandon Stanton from Humans of New York. I appreciate that introduction. I'm very honored that you contacted me and asked me to do this. I thought a good place to kind of start would just be, you know, my story and how I got into photography and how Humans of New York came about. Uh, because I think that demonstrates pretty well what my approach to photography is. And that is, it's everything developed very organically. You know, it just started, it didn't start with an idea, and then I developed along the lines in order to accomplish that idea. Um, you know, everything just started with a love of photography. You know, I just, I love to take photos. And, you know, when I first got, you know, my camera, I was still working in Chicago, and I would just go out on weekends, and I would literally, and there's no reason not to do that, this, you know, with digital cameras today. I would take a thousand photos a day, you know, just because I love to do it. And from that, I discovered that I really loved street photography. Uh, I loved, you know, kind of randomness of it and the diversity of it. And then, I, you know, from loving street photography, I discovered that the things I love to do most are take pictures of people. You know, I just started taking pictures of people just, you know, one or two a day because it was kind of nerve-wracking and I wanted to ask. Uh, and then I'd go home and I'd look at all my photos, and those would be the ones that, you know, I love the most, and my friends, you know, kind of commented on the most. And so I started being drawn more and more into taking photos of people. And so that's really how I came to specialize in street portraits, and it all began just love the street Um, so eventually, uh, I was taking photos in Chicago, and I lost my job, and I was a bond trader. And I was like, okay, I'm going to take some time off, and I'm going to explore this other passion of mine, which is photography. And I'm going to travel around to a few cities and do street portraits. And I landed in New York, and I just remember being blown away by all the people on the streets. It's just people were everywhere, all different kinds of people. And I was like, well, you know, this is, if I'm going to do street portraits, and I really love it, this is going to be the place to do it. So, you know, I, I stayed in New York for a couple of weeks and went back to Chicago. And packed up all my stuff, and uh, about a month later, I moved, and uh, I started doing Humans New York. And you know, as far as anybody's interested in starting a blog or anything, I think you know the story is pretty indicative of what it takes. I was doing this for you know, several hours every day for six months before anybody even started paying attention. Uh, I had taken 1,600 portraits. I think maybe 24 things on my website a day. And I think the lesson is there that if you truly want to be a photographer or anything, I mean anything today, that there's so much competition out there because the Internet has provided a way for everybody to express themselves that you really, really have to not focus on getting attention at first. You have to focus on trusting that what you're doing is beautiful, and doing a lot of it and really proving yourself before you expect anyone to pay attention. I mean, the, the, West, the, the Internet is just absolutely littered with blogs of people who you know, started, and their goal really was to you know, kind of bring attention to their work, and they weren't getting that attention right away, and so they stopped. So, yeah, I just want to emphasize that it was six months before anybody was paying attention to what I was doing other than my friends and family, which, of course, I really appreciate. And then, you know, I got, I ended up, because I'd done so much work, I ended up getting some press. 
And then I developed a very small team on Facebook. And if any of you guys are listening right now, I love you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, a you know, small group of dedicated strangers that were commenting on my photos, encouraging me, writing me letters. And that's when you start thinking, okay, not a lot of people are paying attention right now. But what I'm doing is really resonating with people. And I just need to keep doing it. And so I really appreciate the encouragement that I got from those initial people. Um, let's see here. Uh, so as far as, you know, my approach to photography and everybody's different, what I would encourage people to do is, like I said before, we have digital cameras these days. You know, film is not an issue unless you're shooting on old style film. Um, get out there and just take tons of photos. You know, don't be afraid to make mistakes. Uh, I feel like so many times people are so worried about taking bad photos because they've learned all these rules and they've learned what a good photo is that they're afraid to go out there and take a bad photo. Whereas in when I learned, I recently had uh, a mechanism replacing my camera and they told me I've taken 100,000 photos in just over a year. And, you know, I would say 95% of those probably were bad photos. Because I, you know, I was learning to photograph, and but it was through those bad photos that I learned how to take good photos. So I'd encourage anybody, you know, just to go out there, photograph anything that you think is beautiful, photograph it ten or twelve times, then go home and look at your photos, and don't think about any rules. Just look at your photos and say, which one do I think is the most beautiful, and why do I think it's the most beautiful? You know, I never, you know, I'm constantly trying to improve myself. But, you know, I kind of use my own aesthetic and my own thoughts as to what's beautiful to determine, you know, how I need to improve. You know, I never go home and look at a photo and I say, you know, is this correct or is this incorrect? I'll look at my photos and I'll say, how can I make this more beautiful? And I feel like any improvement that I've become, at, you know, that I've gained as a photographer has been looking at those photos and deciding, you know, what could I do differently that I will look at this photo and it would make me happier. And so that's always been kind of my ethic uh, in approaching photography. Um, let's see here. Uh, I guess I'll move now uh, to approaching people. Um, because if there's anything that I think I've really got a hold of that really makes humans in New York and makes the, my photography unique is my interaction with people. Um, even more than my photography. And I think a lot of the quality, if you guys think my photos are good, a lot of the quality of my photographs come out of not necessarily photographic skills, more in interpersonal skills. And approaching these people, making them comfortable, creating moments, allowing moments to happen, and really being able to photograph people as they are and not as a piece of a picture. You know, I'm not worried. You know, I'm just, I try to engage the person as a person as opposed to a photographer. You know, talk to them with a smile on my face, have a little fun with them, and really intimate portraits come out of that because you've got a picture of a person relating to a human being on the, on the level of a human being as opposed to a subject-photographer relationship, which a lot of times can be kind of stilted and nerve-wracking, especially when you're doing it on the street in front of a lot of people. Um. So with that being said, you know, have fun. 
always if you're gonna approach people um and i mean there's what i do is street portraits there's a lot of people who do street photography uh which doesn't involve uh approaching people and that seems like it would be less stressful i used to do that i used to take photos of people without asking thinking that it'd be too stressful to ask but what happens is that nine out of ten times nobody notices you and it's absolutely fine and there's no stress involved but then one out of ten times somebody gets really angry or really offended so by giving yourself a little bit of stress by asking everyone you can avoid really stressful moments by not asking somebody and having them get really upset which has happened i can chase scream that threaten and all in all it's a much more pleasant experience and you get i mean there would be some photos that if i hadn't have asked the person it would have been better but by far the majority of them by asking the person gaining their participation i've gotten a much more special photo because of the interaction that i was describing earlier um just general things people tend to mirror your emotions if you walk up to them and you're really nervous they're going to be really nervous you know if you're if you're really intense they're going to they're going to be scared so you know i always just kind of walk up to people and I, you know i use a very soft voice and i keep a smile on my face and i just say hey is there any way i can take your photo you know I, i i used to try to explain what i was doing i used to try to explain the project and i found that you know by explaining so much all it really did was make the person more nervous like why why is he you know so eager to convince me so i found that you know 80% of people who would eventually let you take their photo if you explained it to them would let you just by saying do you mind if i take your photo and if they ask why i'm just like i think you look great and you know you'd be amazed at the the pleasantness of the interactions you know people are honored uh people have fun with it um now at first and, and this can't be helped if you start asking people at first you're going to be nervous and you're going to get turned down a lot more because people are going to sense that nervousness so there's not really anything you can do about that but just keep asking people until you get more comfortable and the important thing is and you know it was very hard for me at first um one nobody was really paying attention to my work and two i was having a lot of very unpleasant experiences not not a lot but you know, i haven't had the experience of asking thousands of people and i go up to somebody and they'd be like what are you doing I'm like, you can't go asking people for my your, their photos like why do you want why do you want to take my photo and like get angry and i would kind of internalize that reaction and said you know maybe this is weird what i'm doing you know maybe i shouldn't be asking people and you know i didn't really have the experience to, of asking so many people and asking so many pleasant having so many pleasant experiences to realize that it wasn't me that was weird it was this person who was having a bad reaction so now you know whenever i have a bad reaction to somebody i i don't internalize that and that's important don't let anyone's reaction to you asking for their photo make you feel weird about yourself because as somebody who's asked thousands of people for their photos the vast vast majority of people even if they say no are very friendly about it And so don't let the one or two people that do act weird color your idea of what you're doing. Now we can take questions for Brandon. Let's go ahead and start with Tina. So now well, so, so now I've got Tina Hay on the line and Tina's I uh, I'm thinking has a question for you. You want to go ahead Tina? Yeah, thanks. You can hear me okay? I sure can. I can. 
Great. Um, wonderful presentation. I'm really interested in the subject and love the stuff you, I'm one of your Facebook fans. I'm interested in hearing more a little bit, wonder if you could talk a little bit more about your interactions with people, what you say to them specifically when you approach them. Um, if you didn't have a blog where this was going to go, what would you say about why you want to take their photo? Do you ask them to pose or do you ask them to just be themselves? Uh, you know, that kind of thing. If you right, could talk right. a little bit more about the nature of your interaction with them. Um, well, when I first started, and yeah, it is it is much easier than when I have a blog. But you know, like I said, ninety percent of the time, I don't even need to explain it. You know, it's it's not until after they've agreed and after I've taken their photo that I even tell them that they're going on a blog. Uh, you know, I just feel that it's, it's I've learned that it's not so much what you say, you know, as about how you say it. And you know, I've gotten philosophical about it, and I say that you know, people when you approach them, are making calculations. Like, is this person a threat to me? So, yeah, I mean, it's just that, like I said, most of the photos, or most of the time, uh, I don't even explain to them that I have a blog until after I've taken the photo. And if they ask you why, just say I'm a photographer and I think you look great. And um, do I pose people? Now I do pose people. Uh, looking at the lights, you know, looking at their surroundings. You know, I stop, I look around, I see where am I... Where is this person? If the person's agreed to let you take their photo, then they're probably willing to participate to allow you to take as good of a photo of them, of them as possible. So, you know, once you've obtained that initial permission, you'd be surprised how far people are willing to go to help you take a great photo of them. Um, and so, uh, yeah, you know, it's just, it, it's... I mean, for those people who are really skeptical, it helps to have a blog, but, you know, it's definitely not necessary. Just tell the person that they look great. So you take the photo, and after you've, you've taken a look at it and you, and you decide, okay, this is something I might use, do you then tell them uh, that it might show up oh, on your I blog? Tell, or, or what I mean, point I do you tell them? them? I very, I, um, almost all, I've gotten much more selective. When I first started, I just took, like, 30 portraits a day. Now I'm much more aware of what I want and what I like. And uh, so it's very rare that I take some of these photos that I don't include in on the blog. So, uh, yeah, I just take the photo, and then after I'm done, I hand them the card, and then I say, you know, I'll put you up tonight. Do, do you get their names and, 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 and information just uh, in, in just for any reason, or do you ever just no. f just shoot them and get their story and move on? Uh, that's mainly what I do, is I, I just kind of photograph and hand them a card. A lot of times, they'll contact me. I see. And say, you know, thank you so much for the photo. And here's what I do. I always send the person the photo for free. Uh, High-resolution print. That's kind of, you know, not the actual print, but you know, the file, the digital file. Hmm. That's kind of you know, my appreciation for them letting me use their photo for my project. I always give it to them. Which makes me feel good, because, you know, a lot of times, uh, I think great portraits of these people on the street um, and I'm allowed, you know, maybe people who don't have a camera or, uh, you know, don't really have access to a nice camera. And, uh, you know, it's, it's nice for them to have a portrait of themselves uh, looking, looking good. And mm -hmm. so, yes. now, now I, I guess, well, We've got a few hands raised there, so I guess I'll <laughs> I'll let someone else ask a question. All right, we're gonna we're gonna go next to Wendy Coonan. So Wendy, we're coming your way. Hey Wendy. Hi there. Uh, Hi. I love what I see. I'm curious. I I believe I saw some uh, homeless people or some people that were um, 
asking for some money or food or whatever. Right. How do you deal with that? Um, do you feel compelled to give them something? Do, I, I do. That change um, that you know. Right. Um. So one of the paradoxes that I, I first discovered uh, when I was photographing is that like strangely the people who you think would be most offended by you asking for their portrait are really the most honored and those are people who are kind of down and out don't have a lot if you go and you're up to them in a respectful way i mean you just think their interactions with people on any given day are, are one of two things one people completely ignore them and just walk by and don't make eye contact or two, people are overly sympathetic to them. Just like, oh, here you go, God bless you, here's two dollars, here's three dollars, like, you know, God bless you. And, and paradoxically, that can be a very dehumanizing thing for just having everybody look at you with such pity all the time. So, you know, in my course of going up to these people, you know, just in a respectful way, do you mind do you mind if I take your portrait? Like, do you mind if I, I document you? It's 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 almost a form of interaction that they don't really get. And so a lot of times these people who, uh, you know, you see, you think would be, you know, like, get out of here. I don't want you photographing me are actually the, the most receptive to it. And if they ask for a dollar, I mean, I really value every great portrait, you know, I get, I, I couldn't put a dollar amount on it. So I, if I get a great portrait, I have no problem, you know, giving them one or two or $3. Um, you know, I just, I, it's not, I'm not principled about that where I'm not giving anybody money. Uh, if somebody has, you know, collaborated with me and I get a great piece of art out of it, um, you know, I'll give them a few dollars. I don't have a ton of money. You know, I, I'm moving on a shoestring budget, but uh, I obviously have more means than they do. <laughs> Thanks. Cool. Thanks. Thanks, Wendy. Did, did you have any uh, follow-up question, or did he answer? No, he, he answered it. I'm, I'm always, you know, hesitant about walking up to someone, especially if they're homeless. Right, and you'd just be surprised how much these people, I mean, those homeless people's lives are very monotonous. And, you know, I've had homeless people, you know, that I've asked to come with me and pose, and, and people are like, oh, you're exploiting them. Or that's that's exploited. It's like I enjoy the interaction, they enjoy the interaction. You know, who are you to tell me that I'm exploiting somebody? Um, so you know, I was just you might you're, you might get some bad reactions, but that's just something to remember is is never let you know what spirit you're going into it with. Mm -hmm. You know if you're going into it to make fun of them or just to document them. And so you can't control people's reactions to you. You can only control the spirit with which you approach them. And if they misinterpret that, it, don't let them make you feel bad about yourself. That, that's really good, Brandon. I, I think you really hit the nail on the head when you said you're, you're, if you go in and, and, I guess, pitch it as you honoring them. It's very different so they don't – they, you can feel when someone's coming in and their, their intent is exploitive. Yeah, yeah let me – this just reminded me of something. Yeah. Uh, I went up to three homeless people uh, just a few days ago. Um, this was a popular post in the Facebook group. And, uh, you know, I, I asked if I could take their photo, and they all, they started kind of, they come together, because there's a lot of relationships in the homeless world, and they kind of put their arms around each other. And they're like, why are you photographing homeless people? And I was like, I'm not. I'm, I'm photographing friendship. 
And, <laughs> you know, it's just like, I, I just try and that's, and I say, you can't really control people's reactions. You can only control your spirit. I try to ask homeless people the exact same way I'd ask a Wall Street banker, the exact same way I'd ask a man with one leg, the exact same way I'd ask a supermodel, just in an effort to document their presence as a member of the city of New York. And that way, I even if they react badly, I know that I've treated them no differently than I've treated everybody else. Good stuff. Okay, so, um, okay, thanks, Wendy. Uh, let's go now to, actually, I have a question from David, who didn't have a microphone, so he typed his question in, and he asks if you ever use Flash, um, <laughs> OnCom or Flash, or, or any kind of Flash with a modifier of any kind. Uh, David, I don't, but, I, I mean, honestly... I just, if there's one area I want to improve in, it's maybe bringing in some artificial lighting. But at the same time, there's a power in having very little equipment, not having a team of people, and just being able to be very, you know, personal with people. You know, I just carry around my camera. It's just me. When I'm interviewing people, I don't have a tape recorder. And, you know, anything to make the person comfortable. So I don't use the flash. I don't use, I don't like how it washes out the background. Um, but, you know, it's probably something I could improve in. I'm not going to say that that's truly an aesthetic choice as much as an area that I'm not as competent in and that I, you know, I've had a lot of success without worrying about. So. It's interesting. It's funny because we've gone through just a, quite a few questions and no one's asked you what you shoot with yet, <laughs> which, is, which is typically an early uh, question. So, and, right. and, and now that you've mentioned that, it's like, okay, so what's in the camera bag when you're out? What do you, what lenses uh, are you taking? And are you? I shoot with uh, one lens, uh, Canon. Oh, well, my cam, my camera's a Canon EOS 7D and my lens is a 50 millimeter 1.4. Um, but, you know, I would say two thirds of my project was shot with the stock zoom lens that came with the camera and one third of the way into the project, the zoom broke and I had to wrap duct tape around it. So I was walking (laughs) around with a broken stock zoom lens with, with duct tape wrapped around it. And I took a thousand great portraits or portraits that I was very happy with using that. Wow. Uh, it's, yeah, it's just. You know, so much of it's about the content and about about your eye and your ability to compose, you know, the portrait. And, you know, I use a lot of the auto settings. Almost, I, I we've got really great equipment these days. People in Japan are geniuses. They have designed cameras that can do a lot of wonderful things for you. In street photography, where things are happening so fast, and people are in such a hurry that you don't really have time to sit there and mess with your settings. I lean very heavily on the capabilities of my camera. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And, and I'm, I'm, I was interested to hear you say that you don't take a tape recorder because your stories recount dialogue and <laughs> just a day long worth of dialogue in, in, in some stories. So how do, how do you, do you just recall, go strictly from memory or? 
Well, the way that I describe it is that as I'm talking to a person, you know, you might talk to somebody for five hours, but you're going to use, what, 3% of what they say? Right. So when I'm talking to somebody, I'm kind of developing an idea of what I find interesting about this person and what I want to write about them. And then they'll say certain things that I will make a mental note of that, wow, that, that is a very, that quote is a very indicative quote of this person's personality. And mm-hmm. I'll just, uh, it'll strike me and, and my eyes squint, my, my entire face changes when I'm, when I'm absorbing a certain piece of information. And then when I get home, I immediately copy down all the quotes that I feel are most relevant. And then throughout the week, I'll come back and piece the story together. <laughs> That's pretty good. I, I usually keep a tape recorder, but when, as soon, the minute I walk away, I go find a quiet place and recount everything I remember. Just dump my brain right. into, into my, my phone recorder. Right. All right, that's interesting. Right. Let's go to Freddie. Uh, Freddie Abney. Freddie, I will unmute you and come your way next. Freddie, are you, are you there? Okay. Yes, sir. How are you all today? Great. Great. Thank you. Um, I was watching your video, and I um, and I noticed how you how you really interact with people. But my question is: is that have you gotten any publicity on uh, on your work other than you know your website? Has anyone really like noticed in New York what you're doing? Uh, yes, uh, there's been an AP article, uh, both print and video, uh, that was picked up by a lot of different newspapers. Uh, I've been on the Village Boys blog, the Gothamist. I've been on all of the, the major New York blogs. It's uh, it. I I really have been um, fortunate in getting press, and this is kind of a, a hard thing to you know duplicate. But uh, I will explain to you why I've had success in in getting my artwork out there, and that's because I packaged it in a way that creates a compelling narrative. You know, when I go to press outlets, I don't say, I'm Brandon Stanton, I take great photos, and I write great stories. Will you take a look at my work and possibly write about it? I say, hi, I'm Brandon Stanton. I'm the guy that's going around all the different neighborhoods of New York and taking the photographic expenses of the city. And that's the story. So I've managed to encapsulate my work in a way that is compelling. you got to think about how journalists think. You know, they need a story to write, and somebody's great photography is not a story. But, you know, I, I present it to them as I'm creating a photographic census in New York, and that becomes the story which draws people and allows them to give my photography a chance. Um, so I'm not really sure, you know, that's not something that's easily duplicable or replicable, um, but that's... You know, it's just something, it wasn't really something that, you know, I, I sat down and strategized beforehand, but as I came along, I thought, it was like, you know, Humans in New York is a very compelling narrative, and it's a story that people like to write about, so I've gotten very lucky there. Okay, nice. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Freddie. So so what's your, your background, uh, Brandon? Do you have training in writing or public relations or marketing? Or uh, um, I, you know, I love to read books more than anything else in the world, um, besides photography, I guess. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I've just, I, I've read books about you know, everything, um, all different kind of areas. 
Uh, I was a bond trader for 30 years, which is uh, not very applicable to what I'm doing now, um, <laughs> other than other than it kind of taught me to take setbacks well. Mm. Um, yeah, I So, uh, yeah, no, it's just kind of, uh, you know, I've read a lot about all those things you mentioned, but that's just kind of on my own. I think it's, it's very important that if you want to do something, you and one thing, I was to recommend one thing as far as reading, Pick somebody you really want to be like, somebody you really admire, and then read their biography. I mean, those are my favorite things to read biographies. Because if you want to learn, if you want to do something, there's no better way than choosing somebody who's already done it and then reading the story of their life. Um, and that's something I love doing. Hmm, okay. Fascinating stuff. Okay, Tina Hay had a follow-up question, so we're going to Tina next. Um, okay. Here we go, Tina. Are you on? Yes, I am. I'm, uh, I'm curious about, uh, you know, I was asking earlier about your interactions with the people. Are there issues with photographing children? Um, Does anybody ever balk at that? Or The, the short answer is yes. Um, that's, I'm glad you asked that. Uh, it's, I always ask the parents first, um, especially being a guy. You know, I, I have a feeling uh, women, women can probably do it a lot easier. Um, so... By avoiding that, and you have every right to photograph children in the streets. Like, I'm very tempted when somebody yells at me about it to yell back at them. Like, I'm sorry, sir. Like, you don't know the law. Like, I'm in a public place, and I'm I'm allowed to take this photo. But, you know, that's draining. I, I don't argue with people, and I really don't do it anymore without asking permission. I used to take uh, photos of children without asking permission. And, you know, that some parents would get weird about it. And that's where, and the, you know, that's a question that's come up to me a lot. And, you know, that's why it's important just to know your intentions and not let somebody else color your idea of who you are. Don't let somebody else feel like you're weird because you think a great scene that involves children is something you want to take a photo of. Uh, you know, just I, I don't argue with them, and I understand that there's a lot of weirdos out there. But uh, to get around that, if I see a child, I always ask the parent first, and pretty much I always get permission. Uh, okay. Parents are very proud of their children. <laughs> cool. Thanks. It, so it, I, I know primarily now you're working for your blog, but if this should grow into something else, I I guess you won't need to go back and get model releases at, at some no. point because it's still not going to be considered commercial. Right, but isn't if you, that wonderful? It, right, so uh, you have no designs to grow into anything, do anything really commercial with your work, because I'm guessing you don't get model releases up front. No, and I mean, the, it's just amazing how much the laws protect photographers. Uh, it's just, it's unbelievable. I, I mean, I, I'm shocked at how much liberty they give us. Uh, for, I mean, it's just like, yeah, if you take a photo in a public place, uh, even if it's inside and there's a lot of people in there, you know, that's your photo. Uh, and I have so many people try to tell me what I am and what I am not allowed to take a picture of. And like I said, I don't argue with them. But the law is very protective of photographers. I don't worry about model releases. Uh, these are my images. Um, and, I mean, if somebody asks me not to put it on the Internet, you know, I respect their wishes. Um, but, yeah, you know, the laws are very protective. Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. We'll, we'll move on to Freddie again. Hey, Freddie. Yeah, I'm still here. All right. Uh, 
again, um, looking at your video, um, I noticed where you ran across, um, it was a lady who had um, a real big hairstyle, a bush, and you remembered, or at least she told you that you took her picture before, and then you flashed that picture. She had um, a purple wrap. My question is, how often do you run into, you know, the same people? Oh, you'd be surprised. That's one of my favorite parts of my job is, you know, New York is just, New York is just such a huge place with so many people. You very rarely run into people you know. And just through the sheer amount of, of people I've asked for their photographs and people I've photographed, it's just, you know, it's just really fun for me just to be, you know, just all the time I'm seeing people that I've photographed or that, you know, really kind of makes the city a smaller place to have that many interactions and to see people you recognize when you talk to so much. So, yeah, in a city of 8 million people, that surprisingly <laughs> happens a lot, and it's one, one part of my job. And, and one last question. Do you do a lot of post-processing? Uh, very little. Um, more than I used to. Uh, I, I use Lightroom, and uh, I will do auto white balance uh, and then, you know, kind of mess just a little bit uh, and then just sometimes a photo needs to be lightened up or, you know, a little bit, but, uh, I'm not good at it would be the bottom line. A lot of people are good at post-processing. I am not. Um, so, you know, I, I don't do a ton. Okay. Thanks again. Hey, thanks, Freddie. Yeah, no problem. Thank you, Freddie. Um, we're going to go to Steve, Steve Rosenbach. Hi, everybody. Hey, Brandon. Uh, thank you so much. With a, with a big gap of maybe about 20 years, I've been taking photographs for a long time. And I've really learned a lot from you, not just the photography, but uh, I think your writing is, is so great. And um, one of the things that I find especially admirable is that uh, for, um, how should I say it, you, have, you, have, uh, you retain a sympathy for people without, a, without making excuses for them. You know, oh, like the, thank you. That's something I've always really tried to do. I appreciate yeah, that. yeah. I'm thinking of the stories you did about, um, oh, gosh, I don't know, uh, the, like one of the um, young women who's uh, like a crusty, um, I think they call themselves crusties, or maybe maybe they're called crusties, you know, kind of uh, living on the street and so forth. And uh, you were very, um, like I say, I, I uh, felt your um, human compassion for her again without making excuses for some of the things that she did thanks all right thanks steve and i have a a typed question from l frazier and a couple questions first are you uh are you making a living doing this or meaning do you have sponsors (laughs) ad dolls etc and then she says second i guess i should let you answer that one first because the second one is not really a follow-up Okay. Um, I, well, the very short answer is that I live very cheaply. Um, and I do occasionally do private work for people. I do have savings from my last job, and the project does have sponsors. There have been a few sizable donations that have really helped me out from uh, people that believe in it. Uh, and the ultimate ambition is to get a book contract. You know, I love writing and I love photographing. And um, I've met with a few literary agents, and so my aim is, before I run out of money, to grow it to a point where I will be able to, you know, get a book contract. It will just buy me time to continue doing it and continue growing it. Uh, it may come here soon where I might have to juggle 
uh, another job while I'm doing this, uh, which is fine because, you know, I, I believe in the eventual success of the project. And, uh, yeah. So cool. That's the All right. The second question, uh, she says, she says, I, I, I always feel a little wary pulling out my equipment as a woman when I'm by myself. Do you have any right. stick up stories or near misses? Yes, pe- I do. Pe- people don't and stick up in New York, do they? Uh, yeah, well, keep in mind, and I, and I understand that. I've always said that I think if I was a woman, I would be able to convince more people to allow me to take their photos but I would not be able to go the same places that I go. I am 6'4", I am 215 pounds, and, um, you know, I, 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 I walk around, I, it's funny, like, I walk around with kind of a, a tough look on my face in certain areas, and then as soon as I see somebody I want to photograph, I, I melt, and I can become a complete teddy bear and a complete softy, because that's how you get people to let you take. So it's a very interesting, you know, two different versions of myself that I'm constantly switching towards. And yes, I've had no no weapons have been pulled on me, but you know, some things that you know I found out is that people will come up and, and this has happened two or three times. They'll test you. They'll come up and they'll demand that you give them a dollar. Or, or two dollars, and you know it's it's kind of an intimidation mugging, and it happens, you know. And then you know if you give them that, it's like oh, give you know they keep pushing further, and I've always cut them off very early. Um, you know, I think my size is protecting me so far, but you know there's you know, I and I live in a pretty cheap neighborhood too, um, so it's a danger, and I definitely you know sympathize with you that uh, you know in certain areas. I mean, if you're in Midtown New York or if you're in a place with, you know, a police presence, you know, I wouldn't, you know, I just keep, keep your wits around you. Uh, I've always thought that people who target people who aren't paying attention, you know, if somebody knows that somebody's aware of their surroundings, they're going to choose somebody who's not aware of their surroundings to try to bug. So it's not that you have to seem tough or, or intimidating. You just have to seem more aware than other people on the street. So just keep your wits about you. And, uh, yeah, and just, you know, kind of be careful where you go. But as far as, in, you know, main areas of any major city, uh, I, I won't worry about it. Right. All, all good advice. You've got to have the, the war face when you go out in some parts of town, I'm guessing. Um, right, right. So I, I've got another question, and, and um, we're just we're going to keep cranking with the questions, Brandon, if you don't mind. Yeah, that's no problem. Um, we'll, we'll cut everything else a little shorter, but um, I think this is clearly what everyone wants to hear. Uh, and, and so Sally says that uh, she says she loves that you that you that you read so much because she does too, and she wants to know what 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 other inputs you like. I guess what other influences is there? Um, books, paintings, um, music. Uh, I yeah. I love inspiration. I love that. Yeah, I love documentary. As far as just inspiration, and it's just, uh, I I love, I remember one of the first books I read was Ben Franklin's autobiography. Uh, it's just all about self-improvement. And, uh, you know, just always looking, and then as I kind of bring that into photography, is, you know, just never never stop asking yourself how you can be better. And, uh, you know, always do something every day to be improving yourself. Uh, you know, I, I, I just... Uh, yeah, I read all kinds of stuff. As far as, like, I'm trying to think of this. Oh, I love Vivian Meyer. Have you guys seen her photographs? Because uh, I've always looked for something. Like, she, 
you know, because there's always people who kind of do what I do, you know, street, there's a lot more street photographers than there are street portrait artists. Um, and somebody I found that just takes absolutely beautiful street portraits is Vivian Meyer, who has gotten a lot of press lately because she's right. dead and they didn't discover her collection. Yeah, I was just looking through her photos last night. They're extremely inspiring to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, yeah, you know, I just, uh, I, I love Michael Lewis. I, was, I, I love his books. I don't know. I've got such a wide range of interests. I have a hard time uh, narrowing it down to anybody who's had an extremely acute influence on me. Right, right. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> So, Brandon, when you've taken that many photos, how in the world do you keep them organized? I am the most disorganized man ever. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm not going to do it, but one thing that would be funny is if I, if I re- retook over the screen and showed you guys my desktop. Sure, sure. It is just icons piled on icons. You can take this it over whenever you want. Yeah, luckily Flickr, all my, all my photos are on Flickr divided by neighborhoods. That helps me. But, no, I, it, one of my weak points is keeping these things organized. I'm, I'm constantly finding photos that I forgot about. And, oh, yeah, I really like that one. I need to show people. It's like in the dark corners of my computer. Um, so you, so, so you, yeah. don't use, uh, you don't use any software to manage your workflow, like, like say, an Aperture or a, a Lightroom where you can create folders and tag them and all that other good stuff? You don't do uh, any of that at all? It, I use Lightroom, but I just I, – I've struggled with that since third grade. Uh, my, mom, my mom has tried to get me organized since I was a little kid, uh, and it's just never something that's really caught on. So, yeah, it's not a skill I have. <laughs> you, you've got to know your strengths, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, very good. All right. I think we you have exhausted them. Great. Well, and thank you, everyone, for the questions. That was great. Any more questions, we will um, thank you so much for being so generous with your time and, and your insights. You know, I, yeah. I've been a, thank a, you. been a huge fan for a while, and we've, we've tried to create some fans for you down here as well. So, uh, yeah, I appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, let me know when you come to New York, and we'll, uh, we'll meet up and shoot. Here we go. Hey there. Thanks for sticking around until the end. I think you can agree that even so many years later, so much of what Brandon shared is still relevant. So, my takeaways. After I spoke with Brandon, I shared my takeaways in a blog post called What I Learned from Humans of New York. And honestly, I think they still apply. And not just to street portraits, but to photographing people in general, you can apply a lot of these principles. So here's here we go. One, it takes commitment. Brandon said he shot for several hours a day for six months, almost 1,000 pictures a day before anyone noticed. He had posted 1,600 portraits on Humans of New York and seemed to get no real traction. He kept shooting. Next one, make mistakes. I know some of us are so worried about taking bad photos that we don't shoot any photos at all. I can raise my hand for that one sometimes. But it's okay to take bad photos. Brandon says, it was through the bad photos that I learned to take good photos. Number three, on approaching people. Brandon says, what makes Humans of New York unique is my interaction. 
The quality of photos comes out of interpersonal skills, not photography skills. Engage the person as a person and not a subject. Relate as a human being and not a subject photographer relationship. I can say amen to that one. The next one, four, ask for the photo. Here's one reason to ask for the photo. When you allow people to participate in creating their portraits, you can get them to do so much more. You have permission to get closer, to pose them, to move them to a different location, or a whole host of things that can improve the final picture. The next one, ask more questions. You also engage people by being genuinely curious and asking questions. The exciting stories usually develop as you continue to ask more and more questions. I'll throw in, ask why. That always gets people thinking. And finally, pay attention. The charm of photography is sometimes in the unexpected. Don't try to control the situation. Sometimes when you are so focused on creating a specific photo, you risk missing the picture that develops right in front of you. All right, now it's your turn. Question, what's your biggest challenge when photographing people? And then here's your photo challenge. In the next two weeks, photograph a stranger and share the picture and the story with us. Respond to the question and post your photo in our Facebook group. Go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash learn canon. All right. Thanks again for listening to another EOS Photographer episode. I really hope you're enjoying these bonus archive episodes as much as I am. It's kind of fun to look back on where we came from before we start moving forward. And so I have another one coming your way soon. But until then, let's grab our cameras and go out and create something amazing. Take care. <laughs>